0: Unstoppable kick ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self created crap without the self help fluffy bullshit. Now, please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Da 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 Pardon me while my inner monitor. Cup comes off right as we're starting the show. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It's the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly Christopher Roush, the No Excuses Coach, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your place where you get the raw and unscripted conversations with myself and sometimes a guest. So we are privileged tonight to have an amazing guest, which I will be introducing here just in a moment. But ladies and gentlemen, we have Ray in the house. Ray in the house. What's up, Ray? Good evening, Misfits, Misfits for Life. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you guys watching this, you guys are the Misfits for Life. Hey, we got Susan in the house. We got two of our 75 hard, unstoppable people in the house. What's up, Susan? Good to see you. 75 hard, ladies and gentlemen, what day is it? What day is it? It's day 22 of 75 hard. Ladies and gentlemen, we are having a blast with it. The 75 hard unstoppables, the group that I'm leading in Facebook is doing tremendous. Here we are on day 22 of 75 days of self-love, self-respect, self, self, uh, self-discipline. That was the other word I was looking for. Oh my God, we got a party going on here. We got Darlene in the house. She says, Hey guys and girls, what's going on Darlene? Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Lee's in the house. We got Lee's in the house. He's a fellow 75 hard unstoppable. Thank you for being here. Brother Lee, Lee is coming to us from Las Vegas. Um, so thank you brother for being here and doing your split ships. I hope you're having a, hope you're having a great one. So thank you for being here. Um, we got everybody saying hello to one another. I love it. We got Darlene or we got, uh, we got Robert in the house. What's up, Robert? Good to see you tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, We got Kim in the house. Oh my God, it's like the 75 Hard Unstoppables family is here supporting the Ron and scripted show. So thank you guys so much for being here. And let me just talk about that for a second. You know, 75 Hard, if you guys haven't been following me or the show, shame on you. But 75 Hard is basically 75 days where you commit to doing two workouts a day. One of them has to be outside and they both have to be for 45 minutes. You read 10 pages of a personal development book. You drink a gallon of water or in my situation, I tell people, We'll drink half your body weight in ounces in water to be safe. Cause if you're a 98 pound woman and you're trying to drink a gallon of water a day, that's kind of like crazy. Um, so drink half your body weight ounces of water, take a daily progress picture and a healthy diet, including no booze, no sugar, no bad stuff. So you do that for 75 days and what happens? Your skin starts clearing up. You start having this mental clarity. You start having more strength. You start having more stamina. And you stop tolerating all the bullshit in your life because you've decided that you're no longer going to tolerate it from yourself either. Holy crap, we got somebody. We're just talking about this, this person right now. What's up, bro? Princeton Clark is in the house. What's up, Princeton? Good to see you. Good to see you. Your ears must have been burning because me and my beautiful guests were just talking about you, seeing what was up. Uh, Lee says here, we'll be pressure washing the floor while I listen. Big hugs to Miss Tara. Wait a minute. Big hugs to Miss Tara? No no hugs for me, Lee. <laughs> No, no luck for
1: me. <laughs> What's up?
0: Man, Jacqueline says, Jacqueline's in the house. Misfits for life. She says, going to be great as always. Thank you so much. Yes, no, tonight's conversation is going to be crazy. But again, back to 75 Hard. I just wanted to applaud uh, some of the 75 Hard people here. Um, Susan says, I got two miles in this morning. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Once you start, you know, once you, once you realize how much stuff that you let yourself get by with and how much you don't hold yourself accountable and how much you don't strive to be your best, guess what? You don't, you don't achieve it. So with 75 hard, I decided to do it because I knew I needed to be at my best for everything that was coming up in my life with Mr. Princeton Clark, with Tara, with so many other people that are, that are, that have got some going on. Uh, princess says here, LOL, I got some hugs for you, bro. I'm going to be cashing in on those. I'm going to be cashing in on those. Uh, big time, but yeah, it's amazing what happens when you, when you get out of your own way and you start realizing that you are capable of so much more that no matter what you've been through in your past, that you have the ability to reframe your perspective about that, to see that it's happening for you and not to you. That's this. that's one of the basis of this show is to get you to realize and to shift your perspective about what has happened to you to be happening. What has happened for you to get you to this spot. Obviously me as a seventh grade former homeless seventh grade homeless dropout who lived in the back seat of a station wagon who had been on the streets who tried to commit suicide twice uh, fortunately I sucked at it had a gun put to my head almost had my head blown off I'm sitting here today because once you keep going once you start once you keep investing in yourself and you don't stop you don't stop for your excuses you don't stop for anything else you just keep going for what it is that your 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 mission in life is really to achieve there's nothing that can stop you right? only thing that can stop you is our own self-limiting beliefs that we have within us, within ourselves um so i know personally for the fact of the journey that i've been on and I was just being interviewed on a podcast literally 20 minutes before this show started live. Uh, and they had asked me that. And I said, you know what? I look back on my life and I'm so thankful for all the all the all the all the catastrophic situations, all the negative situations that happened because they taught me how to get through those situations. They taught me how to be resourceful, they taught me how to look at things with a different mind, a different mind's eye, so that I could have a different perspective about that, you know, talking about empathy and forgiveness and understanding, those are massively too in the road to healing. So I'm super excited with all that said to talk about healing. I think I titled this uh, podcast tonight, what I t- overcoming the unspeakable. Overcoming the unspeakable. So think about that, ladies and gentlemen, just for a second. Have you gone through something that is unspeakable? Have you been through something that's so tragic and so so l- defining in your life that you have the ability to look back at it now and and look at it for, as, a, as a reason for what happened for you and not what happened to you? My guest tonight is Tara Murney, and I've been privilege to be able to come to know this amazing soul sister of mine uh, and her story, parts of her story. Um, You will find them absolutely uh, mind blowing. But what's more important, what's really more important, what I want you to focus on and what I want you to take notes on is what she has done in her journey to get herself to where she is today, to get herself to where she is inspiring people from all over the globe to take their trash and to make it their treasure to be able to redefine the experiences that that you've been through to find out where it is that you're going, what you're growing through. Um, So without any further ado, I would love to bring to the Ron and Scripted Show, my soul sister from another Mr. Miss Tara Murney. Tara, what's going on, darling?
1: Hi, I'm so excited. So excited. excited. Finally, finally, you get to be on the
0: Ron and Scripted Show
1: been months and months and months and i have been waiting and I'm so happy to see Princeton's jumped in here. I feel like we're on Clubhouse again. So it's
0: kind of We're on cool. Clubhouse. Yeah <laughs> we can make it, we make we can make it a, a family a family re, a reunion. Not that yeah. we've been apart that long. I mean we're all yeah. doing our thing and and moving the needle on where it is that we need to go. So That's thank right. you. I know I know you're on the East Coast. You're up in Canada right. uh, where it is uh 10 p.m. So thank you so much for being here late at night with us here live yeah. on the wrong Scripted show. Um so I just want to jump into it. I, I when I when I think about you Tara um, I see love, radiance, mm-hmm. I see healing, uh, I see transparency, I see honesty, uh, I see congruency. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see just this powerful soul.
1: Um, how
0: did you get to become this powerful soul?
1: Well, that was a long journey. but uh, you know, have you ever had so much trauma in your life, you feel like you're a target. And that was my life for the longest time. And then I stopped looking at it like that and stop looking at it like I'm a target, but these aren't really traumas. I think these are gifts. And that happened actually on my 18th attempt at suicide. And it was this like incredible moment where I was overwhelmed with grief, with regret, with, you know, just feeling broken. And, you know, we all go around this world all the time and we run into these broken souls, but really they're just people that love really, really hard. And I think they've been so hurt and disappointed in their life. They're just, they're running on empty. And I remember my children were upstairs playing. I've shared this with you, but I'm going to share it a little bit deeper with you tonight. So this this time was much different than the 17 before that. And, uh, you know, the children were upstairs playing. And, you know, I had this big plan that I was going to walk on the back porch and I was going to hang myself. And I just could not get my feet to move. This time it was very different. No matter how much I wanted to move, I couldn't get it to move. And I could hear them laughing upstairs. And I had this horrible overwhelming feeling of regret that i had brought them into this horrible environment this very violent very traumatizing environment. And at that moment, their, their laughter just kept getting louder and louder and louder. And instead of feeling a regret, I was almost brought to my knees. I was like brought down with gratitude. And I had, I was screaming, God, tell me why, like, why, why, why is all this horrible things keep happening to me? And, you know, I think when you surrender to your soul, That's what it is. We talk about this all the time. Princeton talks about it all the time. It's just this trust and this like unwavering faith. And if you ask, you shall receive. And I was screaming at him like, why, why? And it just brought me to my knees and I found gratitude. I found gratitude for everything that I had been through in my life. And my journey has been super long since the age of 14. And that pivotal moment changed my life. And so now I look back along my journey and I've been through some pretty traumatizing things, but they were gifts. And I didn't recognize it back then, but now I do. Absolutely. And every day that I keep going on and on and the more people that I meet um, and I can see how I can transform their lives. I'm super grateful for everything that I've gone through in my journey.
0: Mm, I love it. I love it. We're going to dig into that a little bit. Talk to us about, you and I, I mentioned it before, the journey of, of healing and self-discovery. What role has empathy and forgiveness played in your journey?
1: Absolutely everything. So when I was 14, I was picked up. Um, I was lured in with a puppy, actually. It was a beautiful sunny day here in Canada. I was on my way with my girlfriend to uh, McDonald's Plaza And uh, we were just talking and laughing and being 14 year old girls and this Jeep had drove by with two men in it and a little puppy and like 14 year old little girls were like, Oh, look at the dog. Look at the dog. And that life that day, sorry, forever changed my life. And I was trafficked for years after that. And the hardest uh, part for me was learning to forgive the people that hurt me the most. And this included my father, this included those men. And but I realized I was never going to heal, I was never going to get better, unless I learned to forgive myself first. And then I learned to forgive everybody that everybody else that hurt me. Because if I wasn't forgiving them, I was just shackled to this bitterness and this anger and this resentment, like you would look at me now, you know me pretty well, you know, I'm so loving, I'm so so caring. I'm so empathetic. But I was the girl that would run at you if you looked at me sideways from across the street because I was angry. You know, angry people or hurt people and hurt people hurt people. And I just got so tired of feeling like that. And I just wasn't in alignment. I knew that's not who I was. I was always raised the little girl. I'd pick up things on the floor when people dropped them. I'd hold doors for people. Like I was just, and I never wanted anything in return. I just wanted to be good to people. And I think it was taken from me. And I just became this really angry and bitter person and child growing up. So I had to learn to forgive. And that's really what set me free. And I started this beautiful healing journey. You know, I started doing a lot of deep meditation, Hakomi, Rolfing. Rolfing is a deep tissue massage.
0: Oh
1: yeah, I uh, I did a lot of journaling. I had 26 journals in my possession from the age of 14 to about 33. And that's how we figured out that it was 18 attempts because I went back through them with a doctor once. Um, But I did a lot of journaling and journaling is a beautiful way to get your feelings and your emotions out onto paper and to deal with them. A lot of people take them and they bury them and they just pretend they're not there. And then something, you know, traumatic or stressful comes along and then they blow up because they haven't dealt with them face on. So I really, I took that journey. That journey was long. That journey was hard and it was ugly as hell, but you know, you have to, or else you're not evolving. You're not growing. And then I'm not able to help the people that I wanted to help. So
0: absolutely no thank you i mean forgiveness and understanding forgiveness and empathy for me same thing situation thinking about my mom and all those like the anger and the resentment that i had for her for, for for having us be homeless for picking the cats over me for me going hungry at night uh for her you know picking men over me picking everybody over me that anger and that resentment was was tough but yeah. it wasn't until i started like okay realistically saying okay what would I, might I have been like her, had I gone through her experiences? And that was a way for me to do a frame reshift. Like, okay, she's the person that she is today. And I don't like it. I don't agree with it. I don't understand it. I don't, I expect something different. However, had I gone through the experiences that she had gone through, might I be like her? I I remember that she used to say, I did the best I could with what I had. And I used to call bullshit. I'm like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. But through that discovery and through talking through so many people who have been able to have empathy and forgiveness for for a past traumatic experiences, they said that they said basically I had to put myself in their situation. And I'm yep. like, how do you do
1: that? Yeah, I mean, you coach, coach- that, I, that I have mastered because my my father my father was a great father growing up, especially when we were really really little. Things got really really tough because at the age of 15, so 14 I was picked up. 15, my mother was involved in a horrific car accident. And she hit her head so bad they diagnosed her with DID. So she had an atrocious amount of different personalities. And I think looking back in hindsight, no wonder my dad was angry. First of all, he grew up without parents. He grew up on the street. There was like 16 of them. I think there was 14 of them left because several of them had passed away. But he only knows what he knows. And at that time he was the mother, the father, he was doing all the banking, the grocery shopping, and he was working, taking care of two kids. You know, and I think, At that time, he only knew how to deal things how he knew. So when you sit back and you try and look at it from a different perspective, and this goes across the board with everybody that you meet, and you try and put yourself in their shoes and understand that perspectives are perspectives and we all have different lives and we all have all had different journeys. And our journeys and our experiences are why we are who we are and why we think the way we are. So I think if you could have an open mind like that, um, the conversations go a lot better. And you find yourself in a state of empathy and compassion with people. And that I am always in. I think it's it's also one of the higher vibrating emotions, right? So when you're vibrating at this like high state of frequency and energy, the universe starts to deliver you all these incredible things, including people such as yourself. And Princeton, and all these amazing people that we've met on Clubhouse. Like, your energy attracts the right people. So
0: it's true it's true it's, yeah. it's like it's like really like signposts right you know you get a signpost that slaps you up in the head and says yeah. hey if you if you want to you have this opportunity to shift or you can get hit by a signpost again and all those different signposts you know create our ultimate uh, outcomes in that i want to take a second just to acknowledge everybody here tonight uh, what's going on ladies and gentlemen misfits for life we got roberts in the house sandy archer sandy what's going on sandy for being here uh wow we got lots of people in here tonight um what does that say? Jackla says should have your own TV show, Christopher. I agree. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's what the Ron and scripted show is. It's the it's the future. It's the future TV show. Uh, I have to tell you about the time that I got approached by actual TV show, uh, cable channel show for me to do a, a show. It didn't work out, but yeah, they wanted me to be a life coach on a reality show. It was going to be cool. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> Denzel here. Uh, what's up? What's up? Good to see you. Sandy Archer's in the house uh good she says good morning uh a big shout out from the kingdom of saudi arabia thank you for being here saudi arabia ladies and gentlemen ron and scripted you wow. rock. thank you thank you thank you for being here uh ray says uh unspeakable overcome we got all these different awesome comments going on here look at ray ray's already even promoting you he's got your facebook.com uh, you're
1: so cute ray
0: <laughs> ray is rocking it uh, we got Monica in the house. She says light journey. Yes. Uh, Monica isn't that yep yeah, She says, uh, forgiveness. You guys are just all look at all the comments. Matthew's in the house. What's up, Matt? Great singer, by the way. Matt says great message about forgiveness. Forgiveness is the first to help find freedom and move on. That's right. Yes. It's so true. It's so true. When I think about my journey, Tara, and uh, I'm not sure this about you. Um, uh, when I think about my journey, Part of that healing process was me shifting from short-term gratifications to get me through those moments where maybe I had anxiety or fear or whatever. So I would go to short-term gratifications, drinking, drugs, smoking, sex, you know, everything. Um what, what was that for you? Did you have a short-term gratification? And what was that like for you breaking that and, and looking and realizing that it was more important about the long-term result versus that short-term gratification?
1: So my journey is a little different. So I think what happened with me, when I was picked up when I was 14, I am defiant. I am a Sagittarius. Any Sagittarius is on here know exactly what I'm talking about. If you tell Tara she can't do something, she's going to show you she can. But I also I don't to like told what to do. <laughs> so when I was picked up, I was very defiant with these men. And so the only way that they were going to handle me was, they first of all, they branded me, much like they brand cattle. Um, And if you know why they brand cattle, they brand them so that if they're ever lost, they'll return to their owner. And I got so tired of being passed off to pay for people's debts that they started to drug me with cocaine. And it got to the point where that was my vice. That was my, I would take it to not only get through what I was getting through, but There was times where I would sneak it when they weren't looking to take so much of it that I would pray that God would take me. And I wasn't much of a drinker. um, But when I had come out of this, I had to get off of that. And that was really, really, really hard for me. I didn't have anything that I didn't have any short term gratification, things that I ran to. I just knew long term what I wanted this whole entire time throughout this whole process from the age of 14 to 33, um, I knew this wasn't my life. It is so hard to explain to you, but I used to sit there and look at the mirror at myself and see like this fraction fractured version of who I used to be. And I used to be, this isn't my life. Like, there's got to be more. What is this? What is this? And so my long-term um, goal was to come out of this and figure out what all of this was. And I wasn't much for drinking. I wasn't much for drugs. As soon as I got off of that, I have never touched drugs ever in my life. Um, I didn't have that same journey. I didn't have those short gratification moments.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're fortunate in that situation because a lot yes. of people I talk to, you know, come out of that and it's like replacing that crutch that got them through that situation. They're like, if I lose the crutch, am I going to go back to that situation mentally or physically? So they're that,
1: they're that association of not yes. wanting
0: to remove that crutch is massive. Yes. Um,
1: you know what to be honest with you i might have i might have because you know i went i had gone to a doctor i was going to the doctor every week i was having panic attacks and anxiety attacks like several times a week and i kept going to the emergency room thinking i was dying and they kept saying you're fine there's nothing wrong with you and then eventually they handed me over to a psychiatrist and said something's wrong with her and they diagnosed me with complex post-traumatic stress disorder high functioning anxiety and clinical depression and i think if i hadn't have had my children at the time i might have resorted back to that because I would have moments, they were traumatizing. If you ask my husband, I would hear somebody say something or I would see something on TV or music. Music was a trigger for me. And all of a sudden I would have a flashback of something. And so it would have been really easy for me to kind of put a bandaid over that with drinking and drugs. I I could see that happening, but I'm so grateful at that time when it started to really happen badly for me, I had my children and I knew that my priority was my beautiful children. And so my focus just went there.
0: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. When, you of, when you think about the 18, uh, 18 attempts, of suicide, what, what prevented you from seeing your big why in those moments?
1: I think cause I was just so lost. I was so hurt. Um, you know, when I was younger, um, in grade six, I was assaulted by some young boys and my father didn't really respond to it the way I think I wanted him to. And I think during this whole ordeal, that thing was buried, that feeling was buried and it all came up. And, um, you know i've gone through so much i i don't i don't really know i don't know i don't know mm-hmm. I think you know i i couldn't figure out my why because i was so broken i think people get this feeling you know when they go through something so traumatic they feel alone there's no one else in the world who's going through it nobody understands you know and at that time i also couldn't tell anybody there was nobody i could talk to i couldn't talk to my father he was so angry at that moment i didn't have a lot of friends we had just moved actually to a new area um but it's funny that you mentioned that because all of the times that i attempted to take my own life i never wanted to die i think people who truly won't you know they attempt to take their lives they don't want to die they just want the pain to stop yes. and all those times if i could take you through every single one of them one day we'll, we'll share some time and i'll go through my journal somebody would show up It was the craziest thing it was like they just showed up to stop me and on the 18th time there was no one there and so i really wasn't focused on my why my why came on that 18th attempt my why came i'm telling you when i surrendered to god and i said what is this all for and this um, enormous sense of like gratitude and forgiveness came over me i could never find the words to tell you like how magnificent and the magnitude of it but it really just put everything in perspective for me and that's where i found my why i realized all these things that I had gone through and I have been through some stuff. I have seen some stuff probably a majority of your viewers will never see in their life. And I don't hope that they ever do. I have seen people murdered in front of me. I've seen people tortured in front of me. I've seen some horrendous things. and But I know why now. I know it's because now I can sit with anybody. I can have clients come to me. I can have people like my friends, like you, and we can have some pretty in-depth conversations. And I will always be there with a compassionate heart, with an understanding that we are more than just what we see. Our stories are written for us way before we're here. And when you learn that and you learn that your gifts aren't really for you, they're for you to pass on. I'm sure you have some viewers here that are just waiting to hear that one thing, or you say something a certain way like I love mm-hmm. how you you just tell it like it is and somebody just needs to hear that one thing and it changes their life and for me I think all looking back you know I was never a target for all of this trauma it, they were all gifts and how lucky am I really to have that happen to me and now what it's allowed me to do is tap into my soul and this is what I call my soul-bound this is where you surrender to your soul and it allows you to tap into your intuition. Me and Princeton, and you talk about this all the time. We all think we have just our binary, our gut instinct, you know, that thing that stops you from stepping off the sidewalk and getting hit by a car or, you know, not going into that building, not turning left, not turning right. But there's four stages of that. We are so beautifully designed. And how can you not be grateful for that? So it's really to shift from victimhood into your purpose and into your why. And it's really taking a journey back to yourself. It's forgetting everything else everybody tells you. You know, you go to the doctor, they write you a little prescription. They tell you you're going to be stuck on this for the rest of your life. That's what they told me. I refuse meds. I refuse mm-hmm. therapy. I just took a journey back to myself. And that's probably one of the most beautiful journeys you can ever take is the one back to yourself. And then you find your why.
0: So, that is, I love yeah. it. I love it so magnificent you just said something i was thinking about my next question i was like okay and then you just said the word victimhood because yeah. so many people are listening right now and that's you know me that i get so pissed we get pissed off about people you know it's okay to have a pity party it's okay to look back on your life and go wow it sucks that sucks this shit happened to me and god i wish that it hadn't happened to me and all the different stuff how do you what, what what advice would you have for people given the fact that you were like okay i just decided and i've done this What advice do you have for people who are stuck in that victim mindset? Like, oh, it's their fault. They're in a blame mindset. They're in, you know, that person needs to do this. And and these people need to do this before I'll be better. How do you get people out of that victimhood and into owning their life and and accepting responsibility for where it is that they're at and where it is that they need to be, be going?
1: I was in that victimhood state for the longest time. I won't lie to anybody. I I was there for the longest time. And it was really when I just surrendered. It's when you tap into your divine written story. It's when you surrender to your soul. It's when you realize that you have one in 400 trillion chance of being here. And there are people that are waiting for you. And so the longer you sit there in this pity party, which is self-soothing, by the way, it's very self-soothing, right? And people get actually, addicted to that feeling of that self soothing it's a mechanism but once you realize that you're actually robbing people of their blessing somebody is waiting for you There, you know we all we have different journeys you and i but i will never know what it feels like listening to some of the things that you have shared with me and so i think everybody goes through that phase but you know we're not promised tomorrow and i think i realize the longer i stay in this state no wonder i'm breaking down first of all when you have You know, these panic attacks, and you're not in alignment with yourself, you're actually breaking down at a molecular level. Your cells are breaking down because the vibration of the emotions are so low. You know, anything with like apathy and fear and grief and resentment and bitterness, they're low vibrating and they literally break down your cells. So, no wonder your fight or flight is kicked in, right? No wonder your response is off and you just stay in this victimhood. And that's why people get so sick. And I just got tired, sick and tired of feeling like that and I knew that every day that I was doing that that possibly there was a little girl that was once like me that used to go and run and hide in parks and I'd cry and beg somebody to come find me my father anybody please somebody come find me and i look up at the stars and i pray why 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 and i just said to myself there's maybe a little girl that's exactly who i was and nobody came for me and i'm gonna come for her and that's what snapped me out of it it was pick up your pants and then i also looked at it very differently because i'm a compassionate person i have been through a lot but there are people that have been through 10 times more than me so you know i'm super grateful pick up your pants, pull them up and let's go and go help some people. And it's really just surrendering whatever you think, you know, is meant for you. I believe like whatever happens, I don't fight it anymore. It's because if that door closes, I know it's cause that one's for me because this man upstairs has never led me astray. He's put all the right people in my path. He's led me, look, I've met you. I've met Princeton. Like I am grateful and I might not even be here. So I think you just really got to bet on yourself. And I think a lot of people don't do that. And that's what resilience is, you know, and we all have it in us. And it's like a, it's like that tree in the vortex of a storm that's like bending and bending, but never really breaks. It never snaps. That's what I've had the entire time. And I just knew that there was more to life. And it's really, that's my biggest why. And I just, it snapped me right out of victimhood like that. This Bam. world does not stop for your grief. We all know this, right? And I think when people are in victimhood, they're just waiting for people to show up and pour all their, you know, love on them. And I realize this world doesn't stop for your grief, and you are on your journey, and you are responsible for your own journey, and you know it's all up to you. So you got to bet on yourself.
0: It is. It is. It is. Susan Day says,
1: "I love this." What, well, Susan?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Monica says you got to surrender to your soul. You got to surrender. I mean, yeah. that was, that was a word originally when I think about words, you know, I me, mean, I love words. When I think about surrender, I'm like, that sounds weak. That sounds, that sounds like a pussy would surrender. Yeah. Nobody surrenders. You stand and you fight, you fight, you fight. I know some people are fighting themselves, and they're fighting themselves, and they're only going to end up with massive regrets um, when all they have to do is just surrender and let go. Which sometimes sounds so easy and simplistic, but it could be so convoluted at yes. the same time. Because I know I've I know I've been there as well. Like I just need to surrender, but I don't. I don't want to. Marlene says here, when you say journey back to yourself, can you share three steps that you took?
1: Yes, absolutely. So the very first thing I did was I started journaling. That was the first thing I did, um, and that. Wow that why
0: what what prompted you to do that
1: i think because i had i really had nobody to talk to and because i refused therapy and meds um and that's a whole new show in itself but after watching what had happened with my mom um and how it did not help her at all um it made things worse actually i refused that so i didn't have therapy and i really didn't i really and this is no offense to any beautiful therapists watching or on here right now because there are some incredible therapists But I think I just didn't, I didn't feel that connection with a therapist that I needed. I felt like for him or her to understand me, they really had to drown in those dark waters that drowned me in the first place to fully understand me. So I I just started writing and I realized there's no one reading it and I won't be in trouble or be looked, you know, shunned upon for what I'm writing. And I just, I loved it. And it's very self-soothing and it's healing because you're allowed to get out all of these emotions. Sometimes we don't say things in front of people because we're afraid of how they're going to respond or how they're going to react. And I didn't have that with the journaling. So journaling was number one meditation was number two. I was meditating once a day and then it it grew to twice a day. And when you meditate, um, the energy that flows through you is so profound and you are just aware and it's that moment of breath and it's that pause that we don't do very much in this life. Um, And the more you do it, it actually, especially when you start meditating around the colors of gold and pink, um, you can literally, I don't know if you've ever watched the documentary Heal, um, but people will actually visualize healing part of their organs, their bodies with colors of gold and pink. And that's what I started to do. And I started to do it every single day. And then it just moved up to twice a day. And they don't have to be long meditations, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. um, But those two things for sure. And then I was out outside I got outside and I grounded myself every day in nature I went for walks two hours three hours and I just sat literally sat with my bare feet on the ground and just sat and connected to the planet and it has forever healed me a girl that they said would never get healed when I had my stroke at 23 you can see a little bit of remnants in my eye the very first thing I did was run out and ground myself again so Yeah, those are top three. I could give her more. There's Hakomi to do. There's Rolfing to do. um, And music. Music was huge for me too. Music for me, I love music. This is a music home. Um, We play music and we play all the old stuff. We play Johnny Cash and Elvis. My kids all know every single song word for word. But there's something very beautiful about music. And again, it's the vibration. It's energy. We're all energy. Everything is energy. So I think if you surround yourself with the high vibrating um, emotions of energy and people that vibrate, at such amazing frequency, like you, Christopher. Mm-hmm. You yes. That. It's contagious. And actually, it'll, it'll like you make me want to level up. And your energy is so amazing. So, surround yourself with people like that, and the universe will deliver.
0: It will, it will, yeah. it will. I uh, want to grab a couple of these comments. Uh Marlene says, pause, uh, pause enables you to listen. Absolutely listening is paramount. You got to listen to yourself. You got to listen to others. Robert says here, writing is something I found very healing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Marlene says also, you only believed in your self-reflection. Um, uh, Connection to earth. We got that going on. We got Johanna in the house. What's up, Johanna? Hi, Vibe. Hi. What's up? Johanna is awesome. Do you know, do you know Johanna? No, but I like her high vibe. I love it. Oh yeah. She's, she's, she's super kick ass. She's been on my show once, twice. I think she's been on my show twice. Yes. She's an amazing, she's an amazing person. Absolutely. Definitely. Christopher case in the house. Whoops. Uh, Christopher says here for me, it was journaling meditation. Um,
1: Qigong. Yes.
0: Qigong. Yes. I can't, we can spell that Qigong and a little bit of yoga. Um, yes, yes, yes. Thank you guys all for being here on the Ron and scripted show live or on the replay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're digging this, please, uh, share this out for other people to, to gain some insight on this. So Tara, you've been through a lot of shit in your life. 14 years old, 14 years old. I think you said 30, 30 something was your, 33. 33. So in that time, I can only imagine that your level of this, this, this word called trust, might just be exhausted how did you learn (laughs) how did you learn to develop trust again in your fellow humans after being Um, what you've been through
1: you know what so for the greater part of my journey like once i got away from those men which uh again god stepped in uh they had i think you know this story but I'll, i'll tell it a little bit more in depth for you they had taken me to a lake one night and my intuition knew it was me and another girl and we came up in two cars and I, I knew that something bad was going to happen. I just knew my spidey senses were off and they walked me into the water and he was being playful, whatever. And then he grabbed me and he threw me under the water and he was holding me there. And I could hear this yelling and the screaming that was like, run, claw, run run i just kept hearing it hearing it and i came up and i i gasped for my breath and i started clawing his face and i swam and i swam and i swam and i remember when we got there he had turned the uh ignition off but left the keys and and i ran for the car i did not look back i did not nothing and when i was younger i was really fast actually i used to run a lot of track and field so that was my advantage i got in the car and i never looked back and after that i had went from one bad relationship to the next because of course i have no self-love i have no self-worth just such a broken young girl. And then I meet the man of my dreams. And he is the father of my three children. And he is a covert narcissist. And the next 11 years of my life were living hell. And um, I think, you know, I kept, Trusting in the fact that everything looking back to what had previously happened in my life, everything kind of worked itself out. So I used to always say, What is this? Like I got, I had gotten to the point where I knew it was trying to teach me something. So now the question is, What is it trying to teach me? Why is it so repetitive? There's a lesson in there. Um, Beyond the fact that I was depleted and, you know, clinically depressed from living with this man, um, I just trusted. Because, you know, all these times people showed up when I could have taken my life. All these times he had saved me from situations. And, you know, I just trusted that this story of mine was much bigger than me. And it's just a surrender. Trust and surrender go hand in hand. And, you know, I think once you just give in to that and you trust that everything will work out and you stay in these high frequencies and this high vibe and around these people and you're optimistic and you kind of hush your inner critic because that is something that pops up all the time. Um, Once you learn to do all of this, you just trust in the process. Like I never look at things as challenges anymore or I'm, I'm frightened of them because I know that there's a reason. There's a bigger purpose for it and I trust in the process. I trust that it's part of the plan. Even if it's something that I don't, uh you know, agree with, or I don't feel that it's in alignment with me. I know that there is a bigger reason further down the road. And mm-hmm. so trust for me is huge. And that is, that's a big pill to swallow considering all the people that have hurt me and misled me that I did trust. Um But I, I'm grateful for it all. So you just continue to have, it's a little bit of faith, Christopher. It's
0: trust in that
1: process yeah it, it is but you know if you ever look back at your life um i'm gonna switch the show on you for a second if you look back in your journey and you've had quite a hard journey to look at where you are now um would you be able to say that you can trust it going forward knowing that everything that has happened has led you exactly to where you are right now you just have to trust in the process
0: you do you do honestly and for me tara and i love that i love that um for me The delineation I make is, am I in the moment or am I in the results? Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm trusting that everything's going to work out to my best benefit as it has in the past, when I've surrendered and let go and not try to control those situations for me, it's like, am I being in the moment? Am I enjoying the moment? Am I embracing whatever the moment, do I have gratitude for this particular moment? And do I believe and do I surrender to whatever's supposed to be happening next for my greater good or for my greater growth, right? We, yeah. we're, not gonna get, we're not gonna get through this, this life. You've been through a, a shitload of tragedy. I've been through a shitload of tragedy. You guys have been through a shitload of tragedy. It doesn't mean we have a quota. And once we reach the quota, we don't have anymore. Yeah. We, all go through, we all still go through tragedies. And for me, and, and, and hard times for me, even with COVID and dealing with my son and everything else, it's like, what do I have? I have the moment. I can't control what the virus is doing. I can't control what what I've got the moment. So as long as I'm in the moment, I'm enjoying whatever the moment is, is bringing. And I, and I string those moments together, then the results will manifest for themselves. Am I right?
1: Yeah, you got it. You got it. It's being, it's that pause that I'm talking about and that like that breathing and just being, it's grateful. Even if it's a moment that you're like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, what is this? And why is this happening? you just be grateful for it because number one, it could be so much worse. And number two, being in that state of gratitude, I'm probably very repetitive with you. You have heard me say it a million times, but the States that are higher. So gratitude, forgiveness, love, joy, peace, they vibrate so high that when you start to vibrate at that frequency, whatever thoughts that you put out into the universe, they will match it. This is how I won the lottery when you stay that high in that frequency, and then, you know, you control your thoughts and it's like a garden in our head. We get to choose which seeds we plant. And I always plant ones of love and gratitude and forgiveness and humility, integrity, compassion. When you start sowing those seeds and you can sow other people's seeds with them. Like I would come and sow seeds in your garden and, but I need to take care of my garden as well. We still have to take care of our own garden. But when you start doing that, The thoughts that come in your head start to kind of reflect all those things and it's the strangest thing and then the universe will match that frequency and then all of a sudden you'll start seeing all these incredible results and they'll come out of nowhere. Unexpected opportunities. People like yourself like I met you out of millions of users on Clubhouse. Why is it that you and I were aligned? Why is it that you and Princeton were aligned? And Lance there's a reason. It's because people like that vibrate at a certain frequency they understand what compassion and being in that moment is, and pausing, and love, and all of the beautiful things that I think a lot of us get so caught up in the outside world, the coronavirus, and it's this chaos. Well, the chaos within you is a reflection of the chaos without, what outside of you is a reflection of the chaos within you, right? So I think when you just start to focus on the right things in your life and trust the process, it'll all come into play. And I'm a walking example of this. And I think the hardest thing that I've ever had to tackle in my life is not even the forgiveness and the gratitude. Yeah, that was hard, but it's this inner critic. And we all have this inner critic. And I think, you know, just wishing that it's just gonna go away is not what is gonna happen. Cause it never <laughs> really goes away, it never go goes away, away. Go away, inner critic, fuck off, no, leave me alone, no, no.
0: Yeah, but I've done it, do it a million you do
1: times.
0: How do you get rid of your inner critic? You shift or, or do Or, or do you appreciate it?
1: You shift your relationship with him or her. Okay. So all the inner critic is, this is my personal opinion. Everybody has their opinion. I think your inner critic is fear, really, just with a megaphone. You know, you ain't good enough. You ain't smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not worthy enough. No one's going to love you. No man's going to love you. I'm speaking about myself. Like, you're not smart enough. You don't have enough experience. You don't have this. You don't have that. And it's fear. And once you learn, and fear, by the way, is a low vibrating emotion. So as soon as the inner critic pops in, the relationship that I have with her is that ain't going to happen here. And all of a sudden I will shift right away. You know, thanks for looking out for me kind of thing, right? Because, you know, it's 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 nature. It's We've been embedded with fear to keep us alive, but we don't have to live in that state. And so I shift it right away. I'll look around the room and I'll find four or five things that I'm grateful for, or I'll just breathe. I'm grateful. And all of a sudden the inner critic is like silenced. And that's the relationship that we have. And so you can choose to have that kind of relationship, or you can have the relationship with the inner critic where you just keep feeding it. And if you keep feeding it, it's like putting fuel on a fire. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And then the you know the, the byproduct of that is panic attacks and anxiety. And that's when you live really, really, really small. And that's when you're going to live a life, you talked about it earlier, I heard you say it, when you're going to look back in your life with regret, because those are years gone that you can never get back. And how many people could you have helped if you just stood up against fear and walked through it? So actually, I'm at the stage of my life, I, I really hope some listeners understand this and do this starting tomorrow. If it frightens me, I'm running at it. Like, I want to run at it and through it. I don't care. Not over it, but I'm going to run through it because I know on the other side of that is something exceptional. If I look at my life, everything I was frightened of that I actually just, you know, said, I'm going to do it and went through, like, oh my God, like I didn't see that coming. Yeah. So I know when I'm frightened, I need to go forward.
0: It's so true. I mean, because I, when I sit there and I talk to people, and I love how you said that, Tara, is when I ask people, you know, tell me about a time that you went through an experience and you grew the most. 99% of the time they tell me about a shitty experience that they did, they didn't want to go through that they grew the most. I'm like, okay, so if, if I, if I, if I ask you the question, do you learn from your mistakes? Yes or no? Most people say yes. So I'm like, well, go make more. Yes, and absolutely. And immediately their eyes goes, what? That conflicts with everything I've been told, all the conditioning process that I've been told all my life is mistakes are bad.
1: Yeah, but, yeah.
0: Again, repositioning, it's not a mistake. It's a learning opportunity. It's yeah. a growth. It's a stepping stone to wherever it is that you go. So I love the fact that you say that. Like, I had somebody reach out to me. And she said, "I have this feeling I have to tell you this you would appreciate this um, given how we met and some of the stuff you had said she said, "I have a feeling I have to tell you this in four months you're gonna go through a really dark time and it's all about your mom and I just want you to know that I'll be there for you and if you need anything I'll be there and but I just I felt a need to tell you this right like a calling or something like that And I simply looked at her and it was a zoom call and I said, can we just can we just skip the four months and can I go through it right now <laughs> She looked at me, it she's like, she's like, it she's like most people say, no, can we put it away? And I'm like, if you got, if I got to go through it in four months, I want to go through it right now. Let's yeah. get on, let's get it on and let me figure it out. And then let me get past it. Yeah, Cause absolutely. I don't want to spend the next four months going, wonder what's going to happen in four months. Like I want to get yeah. on. with this. And yeah, ever, since she said that, ever since she said that, I'm like with my mom, you know, she's, she said unresolved issues. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I got to do some, maybe I got to do some special spice to, to unlock those, those unresolved issues. But yeah, I'm like, let's, let's run into it because they're, they're, that's, that's when we grow the most. Yeah, and absolutely. Time, time is of the essence in this life. So for me, it's like, what lessons can I learn? And speaking of lessons, I know Marlene had a, uh, had a question back up here. I want to make sure um, uh, she said, yes. And thank you, Marlene, for asking the question. She says, do you have images? Do you have images that you pull from to build strength?
1: Do I have images that I pull? (laughs) Okay. Well, so I don't really pull images. We don't have enough time to get into this topic. So I'm a dream oracle. So I tap into my dreams. And so I'm a fond believer. I am writing a big book on it. I'm about three quarters of the way done. And I'm a fond believer that our waking state and our uh, dream state coexist. And I believe that 90% of everything that you're supposed to do is already done for you. And it's told to you through your dreams. And that's through the context, the symbol, the symbols, um, Every dream is different. Dream dictionaries do not work because whoever wrote them, that was their interpretation of what that means. Right. I think we are the best at determining what things mean to us. Um, so I work with my dreams a lot and I believe the 10% is actually just requires action. So I have been doing dream works for quite a couple of years and so what I do is I do a lot of decorations before bed and I get the images and stuff from my dreams. And when I wake up in the morning I don't jump out of bed, I don't brush my, you know, my teeth and splash my face with water and go drink two cups of coffee i sit there quietly for a good 20 minutes almost falling back into dream state if that makes any sense just really quiet and still recalling my dream and whatever i remember i write down and i don't write it down with interpretation i just write down whatever it is that comes then i go about my day I come back about midday and I look back over my list and then I start to look at it and build images from the words that I see. And I try to figure out what the universe is telling me it wants me to do. Now, truth is I have done a lot of what it's asked me to do and it's all come to fruition. So I think this is pretty profound. This isn't a subject that we hear a lot about. Carl Jung did a lot of research into this. But other than that, no one really talks about it. And so for me, I'm fascinated by it because it has led me to specific people for, I'll give you a perfect 10 second, 15 second example of this. I had a dream about a guy. I had not seen him in probably 15, 20 years, but I knew it was significant. So I went on good old Facebook. I found him. I reached out to him. We did a little chit chatting here and there. I think it was on a Wednesday. Um, he's like, what do you do for a living? I told him and we shared experiences, family, kids, blah, blah, blah. He called me back two days later, offered me a nine month contract at $15,000 a month because I paid attention to my dream. I think a lot of us wake up in the morning and we wave. How many of us just go, oh, it was just a dream. You know, if we have an upsetting dream or even whatever, oh, it's just a dream. Is it really just a dream? So these are the images that I pull from and anything around my house is always beautiful images, purples, blues, calming colors. Everything in my house is very, very calming. Um, if that's what she means by images, I don't know if that's what she was referring to, but most of the imagery that I pull, I pull from my dreams.
0: Awesome, awesome. And and actually Susan, Susan comes up with a uh, same thing I was thinking about don't remember any dreams. I, I have have that situation as well.
1: So you do, you just haven't learned to recall them. So, um, I have an acronym for dreams and the R is for recalling and remembering. Um, and it's very much just like anything that we learn to do in this world. It takes a little bit of practice over and over. Um, but if you sit, I have a whole process of how to do it, but if you sit really still in the morning, it also has a lot to do with your environment. Um, There's a whole, I'll give you, actually, you can give it to your friends on Facebook. It'll help them through it. Maybe we'll do a a whole little like half an hour series one night and I'll teach everybody how to do it. Um, But we all do. It's just that we're so used to getting up in the morning. We jump out of bed so quickly. We're not sitting there in that moment to be still because when you're still and you're in that like state of waking and dream and you kind of fall back into it, it'll all come. If you don't do that and you jump up right away, a majority of people on this planet will forget their entire dream within 90 minutes. It might be something, I don't know if this has ever happened to you where something midday or later in the evening happens. And all of a sudden you'll remember a part of your dream, something will be triggered. Yeah. It's like a filing cabinet and it's where it's stored. And so you can teach yourself to put the files in order and to be able to pull out the folder and to recall it.
0: Ooh. Mm. I love that. I love it. I love and that
1: it. changes everything, I'm telling you. Like it changes everything.
0: Changes everything. Christopher has a question. Thank you, Christopher, for your question. So you run through the fear like yes. a, like <laughs> a man runs through the brick wall, yelling, Oh, yeah. I yes. I thinking, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. 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 Tracy yes. says, Run towards the fire. Um, Marlene says, Give the inner critic uh, a cup of tea and drink while you do your business. That's right. Absolutely. That's um, right. Uh, Marlene says back, uh, "Okay, those are the images. Interesting. You are answering as I am writing. So funny!
1: Oh, that's hilarious. Um, see,
0: it's all—it's all, it's all just—it's all just perfect harmony and alignment." And I'm like, we've already been talking for 50 minutes.
1: Yeah, but you and I could talk forever and I really don't have a lot of time here. And it's also 11 o'clock. If, if this was 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning, I'd be so much more full of energy, but this has been like super amazing. I love you. I could talk to you forever. You know, I think of fear and I know you're exactly like me. Like if you knew on the other side of that big huge massive fire was your 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 son, would you not run through that fire? You would. It's we pick and choose. And for me, it's just, there's no picking and choosing. Like I look at my life and if I ever didn't do something because of fear and God ever played back my life and said, you know, if you ran through that brick wall, like the Kool-Aid man, you could have helped that person. That person was just about to take their life. And you know, you didn't show up and they did. Like, there's just so much beautiful things on the other side of that. And I want everybody to understand that I would not lie to you. Christopher would never lie to you on that other side of fear, I'm telling you guys is like, there's beautiful things just waiting for you that you would never ever see coming. If you had asked me what my life would be like, when I was about 14, 15, 16, I could never tell you it's this incredible. Never. I never saw this coming. But that's all because I chose to bet on myself and run through fear. And you got to have forgiveness. And you got to have compassion. And you got to have empathy because those those are core values for me. And I think, you know, when we look at each other, you know, Lance taught me this and, you know, in school, we're all taught wrong. You're told you were just talking about mistakes. The schools. says, I know you have a soft spot for kids. I have a soft spot for kids. And these kids are not taught any of these beautiful things. They're taught that they can't make mistakes. You know, there'll be a failure. And I think it's, um, I forget her name, Home owns Spanx. It's her father that used to come home every single day and say, how many things did you make mistakes? And how many times did you fail today? And that's what we should be teaching these kids. Because can you imagine what kind of life they would live if they lived like that? Like, that's just like... That's my goal. I don't know in, in the States, I'm pretty sure it's the same here in Canada. The curriculum here is so broken and it's just, they don't teach them anything. It's not about religion. It's about spirituality and about mindset and about compassion and love and grace and you know resilience and self-love and all the beautiful things that change a person's life. And that's where you find fulfillment. And for me, like, oh, I couldn't be more grateful for even this moment. I love it, love it, love it.
0: Sarah Murney, you are amazing. You are beautiful. Where can people get uh, a little piece of you?
1: I live on Instagram. <laughs> I'm at The Empath Within. There you go. Yeah, I live at. Uh, I live on Instagram. I'm actually rebranding myself. I might keep the name, but uh, that's something that I've just learned to pivot. Um, that was a little bit of fear because, you know, I'm not a social media girl. I'm used to being on stages, but because of COVID, I had to pivot and so I'm just learning to uh, find my way through social media. And I came across a branding expert and she wanted to help me brand myself because of my message. So that's where I am all the time, though. I live there. So
0: you live there, the empath within. But also, we have for those guys listening, com, yes. your website. So definitely, definitely connect with Tara. It's been a pleasure having you all yes. to myself for this one hour. I'm like yes. yeah we were talking about it a couple of months ago so we'll definitely have to do more i you know i know, more- I know. and you go get
1: some sleep because i know you've had a long day
0: oh yeah no it's i'm actually going to go play with my son then i got to give him a bath then we have to have stories fortunately i already did my second workout because i was like i'll just do my yoga workout at 10 o'clock at night and no that doesn't work so no. <laughs> um, you are amazing i love you i love you i love you Thank all you the comments in here you guys have been just absolutely amazing connect with her uh, Christopher says here, so pay attention to your dreams that they seem to be on repeat. Yes. Uh, yes, had that happen to me during those rare times that I do remember. Absolutely. Yes. Um. And Marlene says, yes, uh, the painting that I do, the more images just show up.
1: There you go, because that's creativity and imagination, and that's a whole new topic for another. <laughs> we could do a whole segment on just that because I, you know, Albert Einstein said, "What's more powerful than knowledge? It's imagination." And yeah. that's where you find so many beautiful things. Look, our world is built on imagination, cars and TVs and this computer and these screens, like keep painting away.
0: It's amazing. It really is. It really is. I am going to, um, Marlene says, thank you for your presence. You are a mad oh, hit. Thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, what's was, what was she saying? Teresa Adams says, I have to reach Tara. Our past are so similar.
1: So there you go, that's a, that's my why. If I talk to her even for five minutes, just five minutes, 10 minutes, then it's worth it. Yes.
0: This is yeah. what
1: connection is, oh, I love it.
0: You are, Susan says, give up on everything so you can find the treasures of yourself. Yes. yes Susan, Susan, Misfits for Life. Tara, thank you for being on the Raw Unscripted Show. I know it's late there. I'm gonna set you backstage for just a second. Don't go anywhere, I'm gonna close out the show and then we'll just have a final few words and then I'll let you go get some beauty sleep. No problem thank you thank you thank, thank you. you beautiful whoops say what
1: i said thanks guys
0: <laughs> oh. i was like wow before i saw her go by what what? No. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys and girls there you have it the ron and scripted show once again with the miss tara murney the amazing tara please go connect with her the empath or uh what we said before i'm mean, gonna I have to remember the underside the under the underscores what were the underscores uh the underscore empath underscore within. So go connect with Tara. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking a lot tonight about the journey, the journey that we're all on, right? Past, present, and future. So it's up to us to decide what our perspective, what our opinion, what our belief is going to be about our past, right? So you get to choose whether you believe that your past happened for you or to you. If you you believe that it happened to you, then that's a potential opportunity for you to think of yourself as a victim. But if you look at it as an opportunity like I do and like Tara does, you know, all the different things that I went through, I'm thankful for each and every one of them because at those points, it taught me something. Each aspect of it, whether I just continued going, whether I just continued fighting, whether I surrendered, whether I kept reading, whatever it was, I kept doing. It's, it's resulted in me being here, right? It's resulted in me being here. Um, so that's what it's got to be for you. It's got to be a decision for you, whether or not you're going to stay stuck and stay complacent and stay miserable based on your own choices and what it is that you're focusing on. Or if you could choose to decide, Hey, listen, whatever has happened is in the past. I mean, literally you can't look at it. You can't find the past. It's all right here. This is where it's at. So Who's the controlling mind in here, right? It's not your brain. It's not the monkey brain. It's your soul. It's the person, it's the observer that is watching all of this. So you have the opportunity to say, you know what? Listen, I'm at a point right now where I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of being comfortably miserable. I'm sick of of watching everybody else flying and soaring in life while I'm sitting here miserable, worrying, waiting, and hoping and wishing and praying that something's going to change. It has to change within yourself. You know, you have to learn to find empathy and forgiveness for yourself. First and foremost, you have to find love for yourself. If you, how can you expect, I was coaching somebody the other day or I doing a complimentary coaching call with somebody the other day. And I asked them whether or not they loved themselves. And it took them for a minute to kind of realize that they really didn't love themselves, but they wanted to love themselves. But their biggest problem was that other people didn't like them or they felt alone. So I said, based on your vibrational energy and based on the fact that you're not loving on yourself, can you see how that might alienate other people from wanting to love you? You know, again, what I talked about Tara with about trust, right? If you don't trust anybody, I'm not going to trust anybody else. I've been hurt. I've been hurt. Well, nobody's going to go try to pry your arms open and say, Hey, please trust me. They're going to say, Oh, there's somebody that doesn't want to trust anybody. So I'm going to go find somebody that wants to trust somebody. Again, it's about that vibrational energy that we put out into the world that comes back on us. Right. And God is my witness. I would not have believed in any of this stuff or listened to any of this stuff five, 10 years ago. I've been, mean, that's the woo-woo shit. No, no, no. Here's what we do to get plant. Here's what we do to get to result A, B, C, D, and E, F, G. But now there really is a beauty. There's an inner peace. When we look at this, this, this aspect, this journey called life, when you can sit back and go, I'm in the moment, I'm breathing, I'm looking around, I have the opportunity to say what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for the fact I can go to the bathroom by myself. I have two different people in my life over the course of the last five years who've had colostomy bags. You wanna talk about being grateful, be able to go number two in the bathroom, right? I won't be graphic about that, but the gratitude. Did you go into your house and did you turn a faucet and have hot water come streaming out of a wall to take a warm shower? Do you have a nice bed? Do you have pillows? Do you have blankets, right? The gratitude is in the moment. The joy is in the moment. The joy isn't in pontificating about shit that doesn't matter anymore that you can't relive or or train or change. It's not worrying about what's going to happen in the future, the uncertainty about everything. It's in the moment. The gift is in the moment, especially with the people that you're around, you surround yourself with. You surround yourself with amazing people. You have amazing moments. You have amazing opportunities. Life is not perfect. Life is not easy. Tara and I both said that, but the fact that you can take what you learn and grow from that and be able to apply that and share that with other people to make the world a better place to to leave a fulfilling legacy for yourself. That's where the magic happens, ladies and gentlemen. That's where the magic happens. Ray says here, great show. You are most welcome. He says, thank you. You are most welcome. Thank you for being here. Kim Bauer says, this was great. Thank you. You are most welcome. Thank you. Uh, Susan says here, for a long time, it happened to me when I changed that, everything changed. Yeah. So when you decide that you've had enough, it's amazing what else will come into your life. I love you guys. Thank you all for being here. Misfits for Life. Go to www.christopherrausch.com. If you would like to have an opportunity to speak with me, complimentary, my gift to you to help you get through whatever it is that you got going on my way of saying thank you to my misfits for life here on the kick-ass nation. Um, Go out there and be spectacular. Go out there and live your moments. Go out there and live life on your terms. Be congruent, be authentic. And most of all, be kick-ass and be classy. We'll see you next time here on the Ron and Scripted Show. I'm Christopher Rausch and you guys go out and have an amazing kick-ass unstoppable day.